0: hey there happy new year i know i said i wasn't gonna have any more regular episodes in the feed until january 20th but of course i could not stay away (laughs) it is actually new year's day right now as i'm recording this i decided i didn't do enough to wrap up 2019 before we jump into 2020 here So I decided to go ahead and give you guys a quick bonus episode. Number one, to thank all the listeners for listening all year long, telling their friends, coming back, and continuing to download new episodes of the show. And also to give you an overview of 2019 on the podcast and what to look forward to in 2020. So the first thing I want to do is I want to go over the totals because if uh, you, like me, have been on Twitter or maybe on news sites online, everybody's doing end-of-the-year wrap-ups, and I thought, you know, that's a good idea. I should probably do that. I don't know that I've ever really done that, so I thought, let's go ahead and give you guys some of the stats and the totals and things that happened over the last year. So, Number one is I figured out that in 2019, from January through December, I released 40 regular episodes and three bonus episodes. There was a um, a live show that I did at CrimeCon that was released as an episode. There was an, another episode that was a CrimeCon wrap-up show where I basically just told you about what I did over... My Travels There and My Time at CrimeCon. And then we did one Where Are They Now episode. That was a bonus episode. And that was an update on the Cleveland kidnappings case. And if you guys remember, that was way back at the very beginning of Once Upon a Crime, our very first series, Lost and Found. Um, And that was one of the episodes there. So we did a update on where are these survivors now? So 43 episodes came out over 2019. There, there was some other um, miscellaneous kind of like updates and things, you know, when I was talking about when I was going to be traveling and, and I didn't include those in. So, you know, full-blown episodes, there were 43 over the year. As far as downloads of the podcast, it was an amazing year. So I just figured this out today. Downloads um from january first twenty nineteen to december thirty first twenty nineteen were six million one hundred and ninety nine thousand five hundred and thirty, which is amazing now the all-time downloads for the podcast for all episodes through all time from the beginning of when it was launched was sixteen million five hundred and seven thousand, which is crazy it's something that I can almost not wrap my head around. That number of downloads, that number of people actually listening to the podcast. And if any of you know anything about podcasts and what's going on in podcast land, you'll know that there's over 800,000 podcasts listed on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess they're calling it now, um, which is a lot of podcasts that people can choose from to listen to. And as you know as well, that true crime is a very popular category of podcast, uh, mainly because it's gotten so much attention and so many people, you know, talk about those types of podcasts and the episodes they're listening to in series. Um, and so it's a really, really difficult thing, especially for new podcasts. And I would say new podcasts even launching in the last year or maybe even two years to find an audience and keep that audience. Um, Why that is, I believe, is for a few reasons. Number one is because the genre is so saturated. There are so many true crime podcasts for people to listen to that when uh, a new true crime podcast is launched, it had better be something that really stands out from the crowd. So in, in order for people to listen to it, tell friends about it, and other people to download it, Uh, number one, it's hard to even stand out because there's so many. Um, But then, you know, if somebody happens to click on your podcast and listen to that true crime podcast, and it sounds kind of like every other podcast that might be out there, or maybe like other podcasts that they already listen to, um, it's possible that it won't, they won't continue listening. They're like, okay, I already have a podcast like that, that I like. So when people ask me, like, what are, what do you recommend if I wanted to start a podcast? I would say, first of all, you might want to try a different genre (laughs) besides true crime, even though, you know, I know if you love it, it's, that's probably what you want to do, but it just is a difficult genre to break into right now um, for that reason. And also for the discoverability reason, because there's so many, and also because it has to be, it has to be something new and different. And that is difficult to do. So I feel very, 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 very lucky that I started my podcast. It's not even that long ago, but in in podcast years, it's light years ago, was in uh, 2016. And so people are still finding the podcast. Now, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I know that there's still a a huge number of people that have not found Once Upon a Crime, and that's something that I'll be working on this year, 2020, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Anyway, to say that, you know, there's already 16 million downloads of the podcast is, I know, amazing. And I'm very, very grateful to you all for listening and like I said, telling people and and all of those things so people can find it. Um so people say that the Apple's uh, iTunes charts doesn't mean anything. Um, and if you guys understand anything about the way the charts work, it's it's not about downloads. It's also about um It's about new subscribers to the podcast. You're getting new subscribers, so it keeps you on the charts. There's an algorithm that Apple uses that we're not exactly 100% sure how that works, but we do know that it has to do with new subscribers and some other things that are thrown in there that makes the podcast go up to the top of the charts or at least um, chart at all on the top 100 or 200 And some people say, oh, you know, that doesn't really matter because it doesn't mean that that's many people are listening to your show. It could mean that you just got a lot of new subscribers this week or, um, you know, for a certain reason. And it doesn't really matter because you're not getting like a ton more downloads or something. And I understand that. And and I'm not saying that that's why it's important. But as far as being a podcast and um, people finding you, It is about discoverability. So if you're in the charts there and you're, you know, ranking in the top 100 or or something or you're just on that chart and people go to the Apple podcast chart and they click on true crime and they can see your logo and your name and click on it and listen to your episodes. So that is really the best way for new listeners to find you besides other things like social media, word of mouth. Um, unless you're going to spend a lot of money marketing, which independent podcasters like me do not have that kind of money to do that, um, then that's really the best way for people to discover you. So it is important for you to be on that chart just so people can find you. Um, So that's one of those things. So that as far as numbers, okay. So let's talk a little bit about highs and lows for 2019. I thought this would be a good way to go about it because there were definitely lots of highs, And there were also a couple of lows and uh, it'll kind of explain a little bit about what my year was like um, and what it was like to be a podcaster in 2019. One of the highs that I had um, beginning at the beginning of the year on February 19th, I launched a second podcast, which was Let's Talk About True Crime. And that was a high for me because that is just such a fun podcast to do. And the reason why is because I get to have a guest host every time um, to talk about something that's trending in true crime. And being a solo independent podcaster here by myself in my studio, you know, spending hours and hours researching and writing on my own, barely seeing anybody else. um, It's really, really fun to be able to talk to people about true crime. And I don't get a, a lot of time to do that. So this was a way, an idea that I had to actually be able to do that. And not only to talk to them about true crime, but to create a podcast out of it that hopefully you guys would enjoy too. So I kicked it off on February 19th. The very first episode was uh, my sister and I, my sister Yolanda and I talking about the uh, documentary on the Ted Bundy tapes that was on Netflix. And um, that was really fun because you guys always like when Yolanda and I, Yolanda and I get to talk about true crime together. So that was my kickoff. And since then, I've had some really great guests. Um, I've had Erica from Southern Fried True Crime, who talked to me about the documentary Lorena, about the Lorena Bobbitt case. I got to talk to Leroy from the Dark Topic podcast. He's kind of um, Jack Luna's little brother, and he was his sidekick for quite a while on Dark Topic. And uh, he's really, really fun to talk to. And we talked about Abducted in Plain Sight. So that was really cool. Um, and also I got to talk to Tyler, who is also a new friend of mine, new podcaster friend of mine from West Side Fairy Tales, which is a horror uh, fiction podcast, which is just amazing. He's an amazing writer. He's He does the whole thing. He records, um, you know, everything. And uh, we talked about Leaving Neverland, which was the um, Michael Jackson documentary, which uh, was really interesting to talk about. Um, and one of the most fun ones I, I did was... Um, talking about the netflix movie the dirt about the band motley Crue with brianna from murder dictionary that was really really fun because we love talking about music and true crime um and so we got to do both of those things in that episode um and then um and i'll talk about another one of my highs um in a minute i got to meet some people this year that was really cool one was celine uh, beth calderon who is a documentary filmmaker And uh, she came on to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with me. And there was a few other um, episodes I had. One with my assistant Lorena, which was really fun to do. One with a good friend of mine named Jean. She's a Scottish girl who was really funny. So she did another episode with me. Um, And I wrapped up the year talking, getting to talk to Erin from Generation Y. And uh, I just love Erin and Justin. Generation Y is like my all-time favorite True crime podcast. So that was a real treat for me to be able to, to talk to Aaron, And we just talked about podcasting um, in general. And that was really fun. Um, so another high that I had, of course, was in the summer, I got to go to Crime Con 2019. I was on Podcast Row again. And that was, uh, that was held in New, New Orleans, which of course is a fun town. Got to hang out with a lot of my podcaster friends. I got to do a live show. Where I got to interview Jan Broberg, who the documentary was about, and also Sky Borgman, who was the documentary filmmaker, and uh, that was really really fun. That that all came together at CrimeCon, so that was really cool. And if you know, Abducted and Played in Plain Sight was one of the the most buzzed about true crime documentaries of 2019. So that was really cool. Um other things we did at CrimeCon of course we had our meetups so I got to meet um listeners which is always the most fun part of CrimeCon is getting to meet all the listeners and talk true crime and uh and of course I'll be doing that again and I'll be talking about that at the end of the episode here and give you some information about CrimeCon 2020. Um the other thing I got to do right after CrimeCon in New Orleans was I went up to Toronto, to the Toronto True Crime Film Festival, which is where I met Celine, um, who was working on the documentary, and I got to see a preview of it, the documentary Theodore, about the real story of Ted Bundy, Um, which, of course, we know serial killers tend to have myths kind of created about them, and she really set out to document the real person, the real monster uh, behind the crimes of Ted Bundy. So that will should be coming out fairly soon here. I don't have an exact date yet, but I know that she has been putting out some updates um, as things are going along. So hopefully we'll be able to see that pretty soon. And I had never been to Toronto. That was really fun. Oh man, what a great town. I, I love that city. It was just uh, beautiful and lots to do and uh, really nice people. And I would definitely love to go back again at some point. Um, so I didn't do a lot of traveling in uh it felt like it because I did a lot of it all at once when I went to New Orleans and then I went up to New York for a couple of days just to kind of um hang out and then up to Toronto and then back home um all in within two and a half weeks, so that was kind of a long trip for me and I had one other really quick trip, which was in November where I got invited to come and speak at Digital Hollywood which is a industry, kind of an industry insider kind of conference. But the great thing about that was I got to meet so many people from all kinds of media, you know, film and television and, you know, streaming and I mean, all kinds of stuff. And I just really got to meet some really great like writers and directors and uh, producers. And so that was really fun. And hopefully, you know, that is going to um, those connections that I made I think, are going to turn into some really exciting projects, I think, in the next year or so. So, of course, you know, I'll be letting you guys know about as things you know, shake out and stuff. But right now, it's just the fact that I got to meet all these people and really start thinking about what other things could be created um, as far as this content that I've been sharing with you guys, this true crime content. I'll talk about that a little bit, too. But as far as goals moving forward. Um, So let's talk about the lows. So, you know, there's always highs, there's always lows. I tend to like to focus on the positive, but of course, uh, a couple of things just to let you guys know, because like I said, you guys are so, um, you guys are just so supportive and so encouraging to me that I want to let you know why that's so important, because sometimes things are happening behind the scenes that you guys don't know about, of course, um, and just getting that feedback from you and just you know, you sharing things on Instagram and, and and you know, retweeting stuff or or tweeting something out saying, you know, I really like the episode and this is what, you know, why I related to it or something is really, really helpful. Um, because around May, actually from May through the end of the year was a kind of a high level of stress for me. The stress and pressure was mostly just keeping up with the schedule of writing and recording and editing and getting every episode out. Of course, I love doing it, but it was the time frame. It was not it was not not ending. It continued from May, May all the way through the end of the year when I finally took some time off, where, which is what I'm doing right now, although it doesn't seem like it. But um, but yeah, but as far as doing all the writing and stuff, I just really needed that break. Um, in May, I had a family member in the hospital for quite a little while, and that was something that I needed to support my family and, um, you know, dealing with that and being, being available for that. L- you know, luckily everything turned out fine, but it's as as like the moment that, the, that my family member was able to go home and, and everything was back, getting back to normal, I had to get on the road to get to CrimeCon. So I was already a little bit behind um, because of that, and then, of course, traveling makes it even more difficult. So by the time I came back, which would have been it was in June, It was just a a constant every single day producing content, um, whether it was writing or editing or recording or all of the above on any given day from, um, you know, from the time I came back in uh, the end of May, early June up until, um, you know, December. So, um, and the funny thing is, if you guys know this, when you're really working and there's a lot going on, you don't feel the effects of it until you stop. (laughs) and then when you stop it's like oh my gosh, I'm so tired and everything in my body aches and my neck and you know all of these kind of things and then when I went off on on, uh, my time off from the podcast the holidays were coming up so I'm like okay now I need to go you know Christmas shopping and and baking and decorating the house and there's you know events to go to and all of this stuff and so of course, that's fun because, you know, you're doing all these things and, you know, family things and things with friends and everything. Um, but then it was, it was seriously like two or three days ago where it just all hit me. And I was like, I am exhausted. I am running on fumes. I've probably been running on fumes for I don't know how long. So um, so that was difficult. Um but I'm feeling better now. <laughs> I'm feeling better now. Um, it's still going to take a little time for me to recover, but I'm already working on uh, all of the writing and researching for the upcoming months at the beginning of the year. And um, But I don't have the time crunch and the the compacted schedule that I did for half of the year last year. So that really helps a lot. And if I can keep on top of that, then then it's going to be great because I know that I'll have extra time and I won't feel rushed and I won't feel under the gun, you know, constantly. So that's going to be amazing. So just the pressure to keep up with the schedule. That was, like I said, that was, that was the biggest, biggest stressor for me as far as, you know, producing content and stuff. That is not the stressor. I, I, I mean, I can stay up all night and read and write and do all those things. And I just totally lose track of time because it's just something I enjoy doing so much. So, um, so never worry that, oh my gosh, she's going to burn out. She's not going to do it anymore. No, I just need, I just need to have time to rest and decompress in between. And then, (laughs) then I'll be able to go, you know, forever knock on wood. Right. Um, the other low that I guess I have to bring up, although it's something that I was kind of staying away from. I talked about it once. Um, and then I kind of want to just move on. But if I'm being honest, one of the big lows, um, Was happened in August was that plagiarism news that we got um, in late August. And it's already, I guess, disappointing and kind of like, you know, (laughs) that kind of feeling when you hear something like that, when you hear that a a, um, podcast as big as Crime Junkie is being called out for, you know, copying other people's content and using it on their own show, that was already... Like I said, disappointing and uh not fun to hear about, but then, when I discovered that I was also one of the people that was being um, plagiarized, and it was just yeah, it was difficult um it, it it's it's just shocking you know it it's just one of these things that's shocking, and I guess for me, the reason why it was difficult was because I always kind of think of myself as a person who, you know, works really hard to be a good person to others, um, to be respectful of others, to appreciate others, um, to give credit where credit is due, because I really do admire people who create things. I always have. So when I started this podcasting, it this was a big deal to me because It's me putting out original content out into the world that is going to live on after I am gone. And to me, that is like a big deal. Whether you're a writer or a filmmaker or a podcaster or a songwriter or whatever, that's amazing to me that you can put something out in the world that's going to be there probably forever um, that wasn't there until you did it. So that, to me, is really, really important and I feel should be celebrated. Um, I have lots of podcaster friends, writer friends, um, all kinds of talented people that I know, and I am so in awe on every single (laughs) one of them for their talents. And I can't wait to tell other people about them and say, oh, my gosh, this person has written just the best, podcast episodes, or this person has the best intros in podcast land, you know, and you have to listen to it. And I'm just so almost proud to even just know these people and, um, you know, just share that with others. And so when you find out that somebody else is taking other people's talent and positioning it as if it's their own, I just cannot... I cannot understand it. it. It To me, it's like, then you're not a content creator. You're just not. Now, if you want to, like, put that out there as a person, I mean, there's lots of shows and stuff that do that. They might review other people's work or they might, um, I don't know. I guess there's some that will just read articles and say, hey, this is an article from such and such who wrote about blah, blah, blah. And, you know, let me tell you about it. That's great because... You're letting people, other people know about other people's content that you think is really awesome, but that's not what this was. This was, you know, from everything that I heard and read and researched, it was just taking something that was already created and then recording and recording it in your own voice, um, you know, in your voice, but nothing different. So that is just strange to me. Like you would want, I don't know, because first of all, I'm thinking, you don't think people are going to figure that out, (laughs) number one? Um, And that's just embarrassing. And number two, it's just not cool, man. It's just not. So that was just really hard for me to, to understand and deal with. And I could get past the fact that when I found out, you know, and heard you know, the word-for-word copying of one, just one, just one of my episodes that I know about. Um, And I think that's all there is. But then, of course, other episodes from other people and other writing from other people that was put out there. And then basically not having any resolution to it other than the fact that, and this is the strangest thing for me. And I talked about this. You guys can go listen to um, the Let's Talk About True Crime I had did an episode with Robin Warder from The Chow Went Cold and Stephen Pacheco from Trace Evidence, where, you know, all three of us found that we had been um plagiarized in some way. And we talked about it. So that's on that episode. I, you know, I encourage you to go listen to it if you want all the details. What was so odd about it was that when this started coming out, this story started coming out about, you know, crime junkies using other people's content. Um, you know, like anybody, I was curious. Um, and I hadn't really listened to the show. Um, I didn't know much about the show. I don't have time to listen to a lot of other podcasts. And uh, I know that they had become very popular, but I didn't know anything about the show. Like I said, I wasn't a listener. Um, so I went and looked up the the list of um, episodes and I saw one, which I thought, huh, that's interesting because I know that almost nobody has covered this. And it was the Women of Juarez case about all the missing and murdered women in Juarez, Mexico. And So I listened to it. And it was very strange because at first I'm like, this sounds really familiar. And I'm like, no, but it couldn't be. It couldn't be. And so then I pulled up my episode because it had been a while since that one came out and listened to mine and listened to theirs side by side. And it was verbatim for big parts of it. And then I'm like, that is crazy. (laughs) Like, what is going on? That is so odd. Okay, so... So it wasn't just citing sources. I know people have said, oh, well, you know, they didn't cite the sources, but they fixed it. Um, Number one, no, they didn't. Number two, it's not about that, really. That's one of the things that we all have to be very careful about, is that if we use a source to make sure we cite it, I know podcasting is new and people maybe don't think about these things. But um, like I said, because I want to respect other content creators, you know, I definitely want to make sure I do that. So. So here's the thing that I forgot to say. So when I heard that side-by-side comparison, once I realized that my content was being used on the Crime Junkie episode, I didn't tell anybody about it. I was still trying to make sure, like I almost couldn't believe it. I wanted to make damn sure that if I was going to say something like that, that I was completely correct. So I was still doing... So I thought, you know, well, maybe, you know, and I know this isn't me, but of course, because it was so shocking to me, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. So I'm like, let me go and get all the resources that I used. Let me go through it. Is there some way that maybe I took some things verbatim from my sources that I was reading and taking notes from, and maybe they did the same thing, you know, although I know I don't do that. I get all my notes, I write my notes, and I write from my notes. I don't write from the source. But I thought, you know, who knows? Maybe inadvertently, who knows what happened? So I was even tracking down the book that I use, which is not a very, um, it's out there, but it's not easy to find. So articles that I use were not easy to find. They were actually scholarly articles that you have to really dig to find. So I had, you know, I was looking all of that stuff up, hadn't told anybody anything, and then everything hit the fan about um, more people coming out and saying, wait a minute, they took this, they took that. And that day, like I said, before I said anything, the episode that I suspected was plagiarized from my episode was taken off of their feed. So you could not download it anymore. And I was like, that is odd. Okay. So now I was like really convinced that, okay, not only did they do that, but they knew they did that because I didn't say anything. I didn't call anybody out. I didn't mention this to anybody. And yet they took that down. So that's when it was just like solidified for me, like, okay, something wrong was done here and they very well knew it was done wrong. And so I thought, okay, cool. Maybe they'll take it down. That's it. That's good. I have no problem with it. I don't think I don't think it's good enough for, especially if they've, like, for other people that they've taken a lot of things from. I think that they should have some kind of fix there. But as far as me and the way it went, because it was one episode, it was one thing, even though it was very blatant, I thought if they take it down, we're good. I don't even need to say anything. It's fine, right? But a week or so later, all those episodes came back up. And the way that they decided to do the fix, supposedly the fix, was that now we cited our sources and they're on our website. Now they're not on their show notes. They're not right there. Like somebody pulls up the podcast and they'll see because I, that's what I do. And if you, you go to their description, it'll say, you know, character, because of character um, restrictions, we cannot put the sources here, which is not true. I don't know what they're talking about <laughs> because you can go on my iTunes and you can pull up any episode and you'll see all of the listed sources there. Now, no, maybe not all of the podcatchers show all of the description in the show notes. That's possibly what they mean. But for the main one for Apple and for, for Stitcher and for Spotify, you can see all of that there. It's there. I'm not sure about Spotify notes, Stitcher, but there's some other big ones that you all of that is there. So that's that's not even a thing, right? So you have to go to the website and look it up somewhere. I don't know to get the the to get the sources. Except they didn't list me as a source in the other podcasts that they used their content. They didn't ever list us as a source. What they did is they put in some random um, articles and cite, cited some articles and things like that. Which it, it's not even it's not even that's not even right. I don't even think that's the sources they used. But um, you know I don't know that you can really prove or disprove that so i'm not even going to go there but but anyway that was the fix which wasn't a fix and then the episode came back up okay so then nothing nothing first of all they never really mentioned it except for one statement which really was a non-statement because it didn't say yes we did something wrong or no we shouldn't have used other people as you know other people's content it was basically yeah we didn't cite our sources we're going to do better about that everybody else needs to do better with with that too like okay (laughs) I'm not using you as a source I'm like so it was just crazy it was just like so that was a low because it never got resolved and not only didn't get didn't get resolved but people didn't really understand what the problem was and the problem is like I said when you put out when you put your time and your energy and your talents and your resources to create content original content it's a lot. It's a lot, and it means something, and it should mean something, and people should be celebrated for that, and people should be given credit for that. And when they're not, it really sucks. So, um, so that was that was that. And I know people say, well, you know, they're all the same stories. Everybody's telling the same stories. Everybody's telling the same. It's like anything. It's the police shows on television that are showing these stories, but everybody's doing it differently. Everybody has all the same information. You curate that information. And I write an original narrative for every single one of my episodes. From the first word to the last word is my content that I've written. And unless it's a quote, and then I say it's a quote, like I'll say, you know, some, this was quoted in, you know, the police statement or uh, an article where the, the, you know, the victim talked to the reporters or whatever, and I give that information. But as far as putting the story together, That is all my work. So, and most other podcasters I know, same thing. You know, that's what they do. You know, you think of Gen Y. They get all the information about a case and they sit there and they put their notes together and they discuss and they talk about things that they understand about it and maybe their theories and what was said. And here's where the investigation went and here's what we think happened or maybe what other people said might have happened. And they put it together, it's an original episode that they created. And it's like that. If you, That's the way you got to think about true crime podcasts. Because yes, it's not a fictional podcast where we're writing, a, you know, an original story out of fiction. But like any other thing that's out there, you know, movies and television, and this is what you do. You get information that's maybe out in the world. It's a story that's something that happened in the news is something that happened to somebody else and you write a narrative that's original and that's yours that's your content um so that's that's what that is and i know people didn't really understand that um because they're saying well it's not fiction so how can you say that you own that it's like because the actual the narrative that i give like i said is originally created by me so that's the difference anyway so that was the low but the high that came from that was that what you guys really need to know is that 90 some percent of podcasters out there are extremely kind and generous and respectful and work collaboratively together with each other, encourage one another, support one another, recommend each other's podcasts. And this just brought those of us that are like that closer together, where we really are there for each other. We look out for each other. We help one another we share information, we try and encourage one another when something like this happens and people are really feeling discouraged by it. And there was a lot of that. So that was really great to see the community come together. But as far as the lows, the outcome was not what we had hoped. Nothing really happened. It just kind of laid there. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I guess that's out of my hands. And one of the things that was most discouraging about it is that It gave people, because they are such a high profile show, it gave podcast listeners, certain podcast listeners anyway, um, the idea that that's just how it is, that we're all copying, you know, stuff and just everybody, it's like everybody does that. It's like, no, they don't, almost nobody does that. So yeah, the fact that it really didn't affect them at all, not only did they continue on doing very, very well. But also created even more other other podcasts that they started and things like that. Um, did a live show, you know, using borrowed content again, which I'm sure was very successful. Um, so you know, all I can say is I, I guess that is completely out of my hands, and you have to just let the universe handle it, and that's that's it. But I just wanted to. Wrap that up. That's done. <laughs> you know, I'm moving forward. Uh, Once Upon a Crime is doing fine. I have a lot of good friends. I have a lot of people that have been there for me, um, checking in on me. Uh, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. I'm fine. Everything's great. You know, yeah, was it a blip? Or was it disappointing? Was it? Yes, it was all those things, but um, we're all still going to thrive and and we're going to all do fine. So that's that. Um, let's see. So, moving forward, goals. Love to talk about goals at the beginning of the year, don't you? <laughs> Even though I try to keep them realistic. Um, but I do have some big goals. And there're things that I have been working on already, things that have already been in my mind for a while, things that I'm starting to um connect the dots for. Um that I think is really going to be 2020 is going to be a great year to get some of these um ideas into actual, um, you know, actually created, right? So I'm working on it right now. I'm working on all the new series and all the new episodes ideas and getting all of that put down on the calendar, starting to do research on some of it. Um, If you guys are on the Facebook page, you'll see that I put out a call for ideas. Now I get ideas all year long. People give me suggestions People said, hey, did you know about this case? Or here's an idea for a topic or a series. I love that. I keep all of those. And now I finally thought about it and said, you know, I need to get those all in one place. So I actually, this last weekend, or this last week, created a spreadsheet where I'm keeping all of those suggestions, Um, anything that comes in that's new, I put it on the spreadsheet, whether it's a topic or or an idea for a case. Um, If I have your name, I put down your name and maybe how you sent it to me, whether it was by email or on the Facebook page. Sorry about that. It was a big motorcycle went by. Um, but I keep, I'm keep i keeping all of that up in one place so that I can always have a resource to draw from, from when I'm ready to um, work on the next idea for the next series. So that's amazing. You guys are really helpful that way. Um, I have a lot of ideas, too. I, I put a lot of my own ideas down as well. Um, as I think of them, things come up. And... Sorry about that. It's very quiet here on uh, New Year's Day. Nobody's around in this whole entire office building where I have my studio. Um, But there are some really, really uh, loud motorcycles going by. (laughs) So anyway, so I keep my ideas. I keep your ideas. I'm keeping those on a spreadsheet now. So I have those and uh, I got some great ideas I'm really excited about to start working on. So that's the first thing that I'm working on this year. I'm also creating a a better plan for writing and recording um, with deadlines of when I'm getting things done. So I, I know that, let's say, if I say, okay, I have to have all of these done by this date, um, if I'm getting to that date and I don't have them done, it's like I won't do anything else but write and research and get those done. Because otherwise, I know what happens is it starts piling up on me and I start being in a time crunch again, which I don't like and is not good. It's not good health-wise, it's not good, you know, um content creation-wise. And so I'm going to really keep an eye on all that. Also, lots of new projects in the works, um in the planning stages right now, but also maybe even collaborating with others. So what that means for you guys, for listeners is more content, really creating more content as far as more true crime content, uh more, more great stories and stuff. I'm thinking of doing a a different uh, series now whether that will be like a bonus thing or whether it will be a completely different podcast I'm not sure yet but I have two really great ideas for a series that can't be told in one or two episodes and I really would like to take some time with it so that is um, and thinking of people that would be really great people to collaborate on those um, series as well that I think would be just amazing to work with. And I think you guys will love it. So more on that when things get more solidified and when it's actually going to become a reality. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, the other thing, just like any podcaster, I want to continue to build the audience, um, build up audience numbers, people listening. I have a, a great you know audience and I have a, a lot of listeners, but it's just about discoverability. It's people finding the podcast. They think people find it, you know, they tend to, if they like the format of it and they like what I'm doing, they stick around and, um, you know, they tell other people about it, which is amazing and, and really helpful. But it was so funny. I saw some, and I know, I've known this for a while. I'm like, I know there's a, a lot more audience out there that needs to be found for Once Upon a Crime. There's a lot more people out there, right? <laughs> I, I saw something uh, somebody had written a review or something. I forget where it was, but they said, you know, it's a great podcast. I really love the content. She does great research and, you know, it's it's very well done. Um, and she's one of those underdog podcasts. And I'm like, oh, I'm an underdog? <laughs> it's like, well, how do I get to be not an underdog? <laughs> so that's what I have to figure out, how, how that's going to work. But that's something I'm working on. And again, it's, also, it's learning about how to keep finding, you know, listeners and how to reach them and all of that stuff. So doing some of that work as well. But that's, that's just basically a personal goal. It doesn't affect you guys at all because you're, you're already here with me. Um, I would also like to build up our Patreon supporters. Um, we've already we've always kind of hovered around 300 Patreon supporters. And the thing that's difficult, and I really, really appreciate it because that is just, you know, it's so helpful to have that extra amount coming in. You know it's coming in every single month, you know, whether or not your sponsors are there or not there, whatever. Um, although we're doing fine in that area as well. But I want to build up the Patreon supporters The thing is about Patreon is it's difficult to know what you guys really want and what you are accessing because there's no way for me to know when I put out bonus episodes or content or anything there, um, how many people are actually listening to it. Um, And I saw a statistic not too long ago saying that some people, they want to be a Patreon supporter, but they don't really go into the app to listen to extra content or anything like that. It's just it's just kind of sitting there. Right. I do know some people do, but I have no idea how many people actually listen to it. And it is more work. It's another, which I don't mind, you know, having a bonus episode there every month, but you're putting in again, you know, more time and energy. And if people don't really, aren't really listening to it, then it's like, okay, maybe we should do something else instead of that. But it's hard to know what that is because it's hard to know what people want. And I have asked before and, uh, A lot of people say, you know, I don't really want anything. I just want to support the show, which is amazing. You know, it's really nice. But I don't also want to disappoint people who do want something. I just wish I knew better what they wanted. So we've tried some different things. Um, If you guys have any suggestions, if you're Patreon supporters, or if you said, yeah, I would become a Patreon supporter if, if this, you know, I'd love to know that. That'd be amazing. Send me an email or on the Facebook page or, you know, if you're on Patreon, you could send a message that way. It would be great because we really want to work on that and we need to know what you guys want. So that would be really helpful. Also coming up, CrimeCon 2020, I, and I alluded to this earlier, this is going to be May 1st through 3rd in Orlando, Florida. I can't wait, you guys. It's so much fun to be on Podcast Row and meet all the all the listeners and also to go see all the people, the speakers, myself. I don't get to go to as many as you guys do because I'm on Podcast Row, but we have amazing meetups and other things where I get to hang out with, you know, the Dateline crew and, you know, Jim Fitzgerald and, um, I mean, just so many people. So, uh, so yeah, so that's really, really fun for me. And, I, you know, I may also be doing another live show there this year. I don't know yet where all of that is still being um, planned by the CrimeCon team. And uh, they'll let me know whether you know, that's, that's something that's going to be available. But either way, I'm hoping to talk to some people that you guys I'm sure would want to hear from, you know, guests that are going to be there, you know, maybe do an interview with them that I can put on, you know, on the, on the podcast or, you know, share with you guys in some way. And also maybe, you know, just getting to meet other podcasters more than I already have. I know that uh, there's, there's several that I really look forward to seeing every year and uh, just they're, I count them as friends now. And so that's really fun. And then other people that I haven't yet met that I'm looking forward to getting to know. So that's going to be amazing. You guys want to go. I would tell you right now, get your tickets. Um, You can use my discount code once 2020. Not only helps you, but it helps me because people know that you're using that code at CrimeCon. And, um, you know, so they know that I'm bringing in people who and they'll also know that you guys want to you want to have the podcasters there because you're using our codes so really, I that would appreciate if you use the code once 2020, you get 10% off your standard badge. Um, one thing I want to tell you guys is book your hotel if you want to stay there, which is so much fun to stay there, you guys, because everything happens there. And, you know, you go down to the lobby and all of the people that you see on television and podcasters and everybody is just hanging out. So it's really fun to stay in the hotel. If you want to stay there, I would say book your room now. Um, because you know that you can always, if for something happens and you can't make it up, it's like 48 hours before, um, that time you can, you can cancel a reservation and you don't lose out anything. They don't even charge you until then. So, but I know that the hotel rooms, the special rates sell out. So you want to, you want to get those now. Go on to crimecon.com and you'll go right to the hotel reservation button and, and do that you know find a friend to go with and share a room it's really fun you guys you, you're going to you're going to have an amazing time if you get to go other things i would love to do more travel if i could um and like i said more collaborations with other podcasters so i'm looking out for those opportunities in 2020 and if i do more travel then um you know i'll let you guys know like where and when of course and all those things um, some other things, improvements and additions to the podcast. I'm actually working on getting some original music created. It's going to still sound like I know you guys like the intro music, although I'm kind of tired of it myself. <laughs> but I will use that intro music and um, get a remix of it. So it just sounds a little bit more filled out, um, a little bit more um, you know, professional. So I'm working on that. Um, some more professional audio mixing I'm hoping to get done. Oh, so we have that going on. I, here's the thing, you guys, I am still an independent podcast. What that means is I am not with a network. I don't have anybody. <laughs> I don't have anybody doing anything for me except for my wonderful assistant, Lorena, who helps me with some of these, uh, some of these tasks. Um, but as far as creating the podcast, I do it all hundred percent still, I don't have anybody like selling my whole ads for me. I work with a a few different companies and I juggle that as well. Um, I do all the editing. I do all the research. I do all the writing. I have a wonderful copy editor who I hope is going to come back (laughs) and work with me again this year. Uh, I'll have to contact her because I was so, so under the gun for so many months that I didn't even have time. I have to give her a couple of days for a turnaround to actually take my script and make sure that everything's written, which, you know, makes sense and I didn't make any mistakes or whatever and um, just put everything in, you know, a better written form for me. But I wasn't able able to have that time to give that her that turnaround. So I haven't been able to use her for a little while, but hopefully um, it will happen again this year where I can have my copy editor enough time to, to help me work on that. But You'll probably see if you go into, on Apple Podcasts or something, you'll see the little logo of the podcast, and it'll say, you know, whoever, and then it might say Wondery or NPR or iHeartRadio or so many, and those are networks. Now, not doesn't mean the network does all the work for you. There's some that do. There's some that don't that are still independently produced, but they have some support from those networks, whether it's selling their ads for them or... You know any other thing that they might be doing for them. I do not have any of that yet, Um, and because I kind of like being independent, I kind of like it. It's a lot of work, but I enjoy being able to be my own boss and not have to really answer to anybody else. Which I think most podcasters are, are pretty independent anyway. I think it's not like anybody else owns you, but it's just a little bit different. But I am thinking about doing some things where I'm getting a little bit more help, whether that's joining some kind of network or having some kind of, you know, support network or something, it's possible because then, because bottom line is the less that I have to do as far as the um, administrative stuff and all of that, the more time I have to create more content, which is really, I think, what I should be focusing my time on. So, um, you know, more more series ideas, more episodes, more bonus episodes, more, you know, that's that's where I should be focusing my energy. So I'm working on that. Also, we've gotten the website up this year. We'd like to continue to improve that. I would also like to be able to um, add a merchandise store for you guys because we wanted to do that for a long time and we just haven't had a chance to do much with it but uh, it would be great to get some merchandise out there. And hopefully by the time I get to CrimeCon, I'll have some merchandise up there. That's that's one goal anyway. I would love to do more events. Um, I love going out in uh, in public and doing some speaking and doing some presentations and stuff. And I'm really thinking of something that I want to do here locally, a presentation where, where people can come and maybe we do like you know, like a little reception and people can watch the presentation and in a really nice venue and just talk about true crime. I think that would be really, really fun. Uh, maybe even just some social gatherings, you know, things like that, where I might, you know, travel somewhere to go do those. Again, there's a venue. It's a ticketed thing. I'm not sure. I don't know if you'd really call it a live show because I think the live shows are most mostly, you know, podcasts. There's, you know, two or more people who are having a discussion or whatever. And I, I'm not that. (laughs) I'm one person. Um, but I would say it'd be more like a presentation. Like I would be presenting a true crime case or something like that with a, you know, a whole, you know, media presentation to go along with it. Um, that's really fun for me. I really enjoy doing that. So I'm thinking that kind of thing. And like I said, maybe some other kind of social thing, but I always want to have a little bit of an agenda. I don't like to just go and mingle. You know, I, I I always feel awkward doing that. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy talking to you guys, but I just don't feel like I'm a great, I, I like to have a s- structure, I guess you would say, not just, oh, we will show up and then we'll just hang out, you know? <laughs> and that, I mean, it's fun. It's, it's nice. But I think a lot of people are intimidated to come to something like that because they're like, I don't know anybody. And how do I talk to these people? And, you know, all of that. And I don't want to put people through stress. I mean, if, People to come and buy a ticket and sit in an audience are usually happy to do that because they're going to, you know, and they can ask questions after and we could do mingling afterwards. You know, that's what I prefer because then nobody feels intimidated to come. You can come by yourself. You can come with a group of people. You can come with your friend um, and you're sitting in the audience and you maybe will get to know me a little bit as I'm giving the presentation and, and I'm answering questions and then you'll feel comfortable coming up and having a conversation with me or asking a question and, and the same thing with me, you know, it's like I can fill out the audience and, oh, yeah, this is cool. You know, people are having a good time and I can, you know, I can have conversations, no problem. But it's, when it's that forced kind of, oh, we got to think of something to say and how do I approach this person to talk to them? It's just ugh, who needs it, right? <laughs> I don't need that kind of stress. So that's just me. I'm sure other people are really good at that and they love it. But, yeah, not me so much. But yeah, I definitely want to do more events. I think that's going to be really, really fun. So I think that is about it. Um, Yeah. So if you guys have any feedback as far as the podcast, what did you like from last year? Oh, I didn't say before I go. I have to tell you guys, I did this and I didn't even tell you. Um, I wanted to look up what were the top episodes that people um, seem to like. From 2019, and I'll give you some of mine too. So we'll do this really quickly. In 2019, the to- I'll give you the top five, and the second one I'll kind of give you a little caveat about, and I'll tell you why. Let's go backwards. Um, the number five episode was uh, episode number 134, which was "Deadly Therapy," and that was the one about James Arthur Ray. He was kind of like the self-help guru guy who started doing these more um, dangerous kind of experiences for his followers. It was the Sweat Lodge deaths. That was number five. Uh, quite a lot of people downloaded that episode. Number four was episode number 133. Tw- there was a Twin Terrors episode, and that was the one about Sunny and Gina Hahn. Those were the sisters in Southern California who are interesting girls. Um, and then one of them decided, to that she was going to have her sister killed, in order to take over her identity. That was a really interesting case. Uh, Number three was uh, episode number 122, which was Murder Memories and the Murder memory series. And this was the Eileen Franklin case. This is the one where Eileen Franklin said at the age of eight years old, she saw a, a little girl who was her friend being murdered by her own father. So Eileen's father, but didn't remember it till 20 years later. And that was in the Murder Memories series. That was number three. Number two was episode number 116. That was one of the Black Widows episodes. And this was the one about Betty Lou Beats. And I'll give a caveat on that one because it was the very first episode that was released in 2019. So it's possible that's number two only because it's been out there the longest in 2019. But it's still number two. And number one was episode number one thirty-one, the twin another twin terrors episode. And this was the one about the Gibbons sisters. If you remember, these are the sisters that had their own secret language and were not speaking to other people and then went on this little mini crime spree. And uh if you haven't listened to that one, it's a two-parter. And the ending is just when I found out the ending when I was researching it, I was just uh super surprised at the ending of it. So you might wanna. Listen to that one if you haven't yet, but that was the number one download episode in uh, 2019. As far as my favorite episodes um, or series, I think one of the series that I was really looking forward to doing was the Deadly Therapy series because that was my background. Is I was trained as a therapist, worked as a counselor for a while, and these always fascinate me to see people in that field of work. Who or quasi in that field of work, in, in the case of this um, this one episode, that uh, they do something very strange and not at all uh, professional. And the one that I really was interested in researching and, and I, I enjoyed doing was the um, James Arthur Ray, which I just talked about a few minutes ago. That was one of my favorites to research because I didn't know a whole lot about his whole deal with, you know, creating this program of people that are following him and spending all this money to learn his teachings and follow him and do all of these experiences. And that was just a whole, that whole idea of that, that people follow these self-appointed gurus to that extreme are very fascinating to me, you know, just to see how that psychology works um, and how far it can go. So that one was um, one of my favorites to research. And one of my favorites uh, episodes that I released in 2019, which which was very different from my normal episodes, was the bad sports, the 10 cent beer night episode. I loved doing that. That was so fun for me. I had heard that story some time ago, and I knew I always wanted to do it. It just was a little bit more light light It was just, I mean, talk about chaos, <laughs> and talk about all, every bad factor that could go into creating. This day of chaos uh, was just—it was just so fun to take all those elements and put it into the story, and show what happened. And the thing that I also loved too was the fact that I got to have my friends Lauren and Michael from the True Crime Guys act out the uh, the role of the sportscasters during the episode. That was that was so much fun. I love I love having my friends on um, the podcast. So that was that was really cool. But I I just love that. I think that story was so funny. Um, and again, a little different from what I normally do. So that's always fun. But, the, you know, and there's, there's a lot more, but I won't go into all of the ones I like. Those are two that just stood out to me um, right away because the Deadly Therapy whole series, I was so looking forward to doing that. And um, right now I'm picking out the series that I'm going to be doing for 2020. And I'm so excited about a, a few of them that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Um, those will be really fun to research and to write and to record. So I can't wait for you guys to hear those. Okay, I think that is about it. So we are going to say goodbye. <laughs> so you guys can get started on your 2020, and so can I. Um, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a great year. I hope to see you guys at CrimeCon or one of the other events that hopefully will be coming up this year. I'll let you guys know about those as soon as they, um, you know, are scheduled and, and we have information. Um, but stay in touch. Stay in touch through the Facebook page. I mean the Facebook group. Um, so for Once Upon a Crime podcast fan page i think it's called on facebook you can uh, follow me on twitter at upon a crime and on instagram at once upon a crime pod and our email esther esther at true crime i'd love to hear from you guys i hope you are looking forward to a wonderful 2020 i know i am and everything that it might have in store for you i wish you all the best i wish you guys um, every good thing that would rain down upon you this coming year. And I'll be talking to you soon. The first regular episode is going to release on January 20th. Until that time, be good to one another.